Blog Talk Radio. ESPN has been showing South Korean baseball. That's much better than North Korean baseball, where strikes aren't allowed and Kim Jong-un always wins. I'm Brett Singer. This is my show. Hey, 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 welcome, good morning. It is Brett Singer. It is Brett from the bunker. Hello. That's actually really fun to do. I can understand why old-time radio guys used to do that. Because it's enjoyable. It's a fun thing to do. It is Saturday. It is May 30th. It is 2020. That is the year. That is the day. And all of that good stuff. And we are here. Uh, We are waiting on Rich Carucci. Um, Hopefully he will be joining us soon. But um, for now, we're just going to talk, man. So I have some, I, I put out some suggestions of what to do if, for some reason, I found myself without a guest. So let's take a look at those suggestions. I said, what should I talk about? So Michael Eigen says, what is your favorite Star Trek original series episode and why? I'm going to say the amok time. And one reason is that I saw it a lot when I was a kid. That episode was very popular because it features the first in a long series of hot lady Vulcans. Really, really good-looking Lady Vulcans. Um, I'm going to look up her name. I used to know it. Amok time. Let's see. Arlene Martell as T'Pring. Oy, oy, oy. Nice-looking woman, really. And uh, there's, there's something really cool and exotic about an attractive Lady Vulcan. It's fun. So it was a popular one. In my mind, there were a lot of episodes with Tapau, the older regal uh, Lady Vulcan, and she, you know, the sort of the matriarch of all of the planet Vulcan. And it, the truth is, is she was only on one episode, <laughs> but I remember her being on more because I was like six, and they showed this episode all the time. So in my mind, it equated to there being a lot of them. So that's one reason. Um, another reason is it's one of the many fascinating things about Vulcans is that Vulcans are, uh, how can I put this? Like they, it's not that they don't possess emotions. They, it's like they have the capacity for emotion, but they've suppressed it. So they have a very violent past, and that's really fascinating. They, they had this violent past. They chose to suppress their emotions and to keep it down. And therefore, they find, you, know, you find themselves where, you know, a situation where Spock and his father like, don't even say hello to each other, when, you know, and you don't even know that it's Spock's dad, because Journey to Babel is another favorite, because that's the one with Sarek. But when Spock gets into the Pon Far, you know, the, it's not baby fever exactly, but we can call it Vulcan baby fever. That's kind of fun. Um, he goes nuts. He goes completely nuts, because he's just got to get laid. You know, it's, it's like salmon swimming upstream, that whole thing. So that I'm, I'm just generally fascinated by Vulcans. I'm generally fascinated by the whole Vulcan situation. And that, I think, is why that's my favorite episode. So let's see. Dustin Chafin says, tell us about your band days. What's a crazy story? Something happened to you? Your worst bomb on stage comedy or music? How'd you meet your wife? How'd you pull that off? Favorite band, comedian, comic book, regular book, movie that should fill an hour? Ha! So sure, I could do all of those things. Um, Let's see. Tell us about the band days. Well, the Warmongers were 
I, you know, I can't even say labor of love because it was kind of being in a band is hard. A famous person in a, in a famous band once said to a good friend of mine, being in a band sucks. And there's a lot to be said for that. that there's definitely an element of truth there because we fought. Like we, there were definitely a decent amount of arguments. And it's not like we were playing Woodstock 2 or something, you know? You know, we we were lucky. To, we were we were lucky to get an audition at CBGB's. And, and by the way, we were thrilled to have an audition at CBGB's. We just certainly didn't fight that night. Boy, oh boy, were we happy. Um, I want to say it's funny. My worst bomb in a band is probably also kind of a proud moment. We were playing. It was I think it was Chelsea Altman. I think I've got the name right. We were playing her house party. She had a loft. And uh, the mommy heads opened up for us. And I say opened up for us. They were really the band anyone was there to see. And they were not a hardcore band, let's put it simply. They, they were just not even remotely a hardcore band. And they, you know, they, were, they were like sort of folk, experimental. And they went on to have a career. I don't know how much of one, but they, they, were, they, were, they were a real band. And, and it was you know, just people we went to high school with. So we get up there. And by the way, when it's them, the place is packed, packed to the gills. We get up and we start playing, and by the time we get to our second song, there's very few people left. There were like these three punks. I remember this one guy with a mohawk, and I think, I want to say two women. I'm not sure. I mean, it might have only been two like people completely, but I, I feel like it was three. Um, so everybody had gone outside to sit on the stoop because they, they didn't want to hear us. And while that is technically a bomb, I was sort of proud of myself. Maybe not even sort of. I was very proud of myself. I was kind of, I was kind of impressed with me. I got to be honest. And you know, not just me, but the whole the whole band. Um, shout out to Hardcore Dave Stinker and Master Stonehead. So it was, it, it was a proud moment. It was a proud moment. A silly moment, but a proud moment. Um, let me just send a little message here because I want to. Let's see. Da, 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 da. Anyone want to call in right now? I'm going to give the number. I'll give out the number just in case anyone's listening. 845-277-9243. Um, so, yeah. I, I sort of want to talk about political stuff, but I also don't because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, everything that's going on right now uh, racially is just awful. I'm not going to lie. I, it, it's very upsetting to me. I keep finding things on Twitter um, that are increasingly upsetting. I saw something of children in military outfits, and I hope it's fake. I really do, because the idea that someone would be putting children in the line of fire on this is just awful, beyond awful. But it, this is this is an ugly time for our country. And I think the fact that it happened in the middle of a pandemic and we're focused on this and not the pandemic shows just how terrible it is. And I think that it's, it's actually hard for me to talk about. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have anything to say that's going to be helpful. And I want to, I want to say something smart. You know, I want to say something that's helpful. I want to say something that maybe will be of some use to someone. And my main thing is the jokes. 
Like, and not jokes about this. I don't make jokes about things like this. I, I don't even make jokes about Trump. I, I, I have a joke about, I mean, I've, I've had a joke here, a joke here, there, you know, here or there. I've had jokes about Biden. I've had jokes about the Democratic candidates. I, I did have jokes about Mike Bloomberg. I feel like that was definitely ripe for being made fun of because that was really ridiculous. Uh, what was it? I had a good one about Mike Bloomberg. Something along the lines of people's heard him on the debates and they, you know, and they, they were supporting him until they heard him talk. You know, that's like saying you like the food at Applebee's until you eat there. Something, something along those lines. That amused me. Um, or something, something about. Oh wait, hold on. I think I'm getting a call. Let's see what we got here. Hi. Hello, you're on the air. Oh my Hi, goodness, we've got two people calling. Zariel. Yeah. All right, Who hold on a second. I, th- I don't know. We got to find out. Who else is calling in? Who Steve else is Cohen? calling in? Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen. Yay! It's a party. Yay! It's a little tweet support party. <laughs> We're having a tweet. Having a tweet support party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, right on the air. Oh yeah, we're having a tweet support party. Oh, and I have no hair. It's exciting stuff. I was getting once this is all over, the tweet support party will have some good drinks. I feel like everyone in that group likes good tasting alcohol. That's true. I do. I've become a bit of a cocktail guy. I, I made I made a nice whiskey sour with egg whites, which is which is the way to make a whiskey oh, sour. Yeah. Maybe really yummy. Um, I, yeah. I discovered the vodka Collins. I enjoy a v- nice vodka Collins. I'd never had that drink before. Ooh. You guys have Collins glasses at homes? At home? No, we don't have. Col- I don't have Collins glasses. Let's look at oh, you okay. with Collins. Oh, do you guys have Collins glasses at home? No, I don't have a Collins I have, glass. I have literally one fake wine glass that I bought before quarantine <laughs> because the at the house I'm staying at, I don't think she spent a lot of time here, so she doesn't have any wine glasses. <laughs> So you're using a plastic wine glass? Yeah, like a like a hard plastic wine glass. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, wine glasses like are not so it. wine glasses are not so expensive. I mean, you could maybe splurge and get a couple. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a storage issue. Oh, okay. Small I, small apartment. Yeah. I find that wine doesn't taste as good from plastic i don't know if it's more of a texture thing like i like the feeling of the glass in my hands and on my lips as i drink wine but for some reason in my head it's it's just not as good to be honest i probably am also drinking a lot of wine straight out of the bottle really (laughs) so that's that's glass (laughs) you're just down it out of the bottle wow how much how much wine are you drinking how much wine are you drinking well I don't know. Uh, you don't if know. I really, if I really examine that, I don't know if I'll be able to live with myself. No, probably like. I probably go she's like. Dutch. She's Dutch, so if she says out loud, her ancestors may all come back and yell at her. They're very uh, anti-drinking, uh, as far as I understand from history. The Dutch yeah, are anti-drinking. Yeah, they're not the biggest drinker. I mean, they're not anti. They're very Calvinist. I'm also my ancestors are not Dutch though. I just <laughs> lived in the Netherlands. My ancestors are well Irish. They're okay. Italian. Well, the Irish like okay drinking. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, you know, we we always make fun of the Irish for drinking. I mean, that's sort of a thing that we do. Yeah. So 
I mean, I feel like if you got Irish in you, why not? And we make fun of the Italians for everything ever. It's true, but Italians oh, rule now. Don't make you don't, you don't get to make fun of the Italians. Cuomo, Cuomo's yeah, Italian. Yeah, having a hard time. Cuomo's Italian. Cuomo and Fauci, very 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 no, popular Italians I, right now. Very true. Strong Italian American energy. Anything, yeah, I'm just saying anything that you can make fun of people for, the Italians get made for fun of it for all of it. You know, for being drunks, for being cheaters, for being feet, like any negative context you can put on a group. For some reason, the Italians just get it across the board. Yes, I think we're. I was going to say something. Never mind. Let <laughs> me take it the wrong way. I think we're like Jews, but less smart. Uh, the the Jews and the Italians do tend to get along uh, very very well. Um, I, I have noticed that when I make Italian friends, they're always excited that I'm Jewish. <laughs> they're excited. They're excited that you're Jewish. Italian. Yeah. Yeah, Brett, you haven't found that? That, like, when you meet Italian people and they find out you're Jewish, they're like, oh, we're brothers. Oh, well, there, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. The Venn diagram, you know, the talking with the hands, the, you know, the crazy parents, the, uh, the food. There's, there's definitely, the, yeah. you know, the guilt. There's, there's definitely some similarities. As mm. someone who, who lived in Europe, I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, Europeans are going crazy by our suggestion that Andrew Cuomo is Italian and not American. <laughs> it's like another t- the like concept of Italian American or Irish American tends to annoy people from Europe. Really? Yeah. So if you if you uh, if your parents moved from let's say Nigeria to Germany and you are growing up there. You're just a German. You're not Nigerian German. Uh, I so Germany is. I've never lived there. I have a feeling that okay. But, you're, but you're, if, if you move from Nigeria to the Netherlands, and you're you're you know being raised by parents that moved from Nigeria to the Netherlands, you're not Nigerian Dutch. I don't know why I'm picking Nigeria. Um, I'm watching Space Force, and I think they came up so, in the show. I mean. Is, yeah, what is, is it? What do you get? Yeah, you, you're very fixated on Nigeria, Steve. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I am, I am so fixated on Nigeria. So I'll, I'll talk about actual immigrant communities. I mean, I'm sure there are people, there are Nigerian immigrants in the Netherlands, but there are uh, a significant uh, Moroccan populations and Turkish populations. Uh-huh. And yeah, they do get called Moroccan. But if you had Dutch ancestry and you're from America and you refer to yourself as Dutch, they get upset. I don't know. You're right. That's they're hypocrites. What What do the Dutch have against Nigerians? Oh, wait. <laughs> Hold on. I think my regular caller might be coming in. You guys might be off the hook. <laughs> I and we like might not have to talk about job. Nigeria. I you're doing a great job here really delving you're, into You're uh, filling in. You're filling in. It's good stuff. Hey, hey yeah, Rich. Really yes, I'm here. Rich Carucci. Everyone welcome Rich Carucci. Hey. Hey. Oh, hey Rich. Hey. Oh. hey, Rich. Hi, sorry about that. Trying to figure no, out. The, no, uh, that's the all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It happens. It does happen. It's a thing that happens. It's live radio, baby. I was out rioting and looting. No, it's too early for that. Uh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Real nice. Real nice. Um, all right. I think I'm going to talk to Rich, if you guys don't mind. Okay. Well, I, want to hear, I just want to hear if Rich has been to the Netherlands, and then we'll go. 
Okay, Richard, you've been yet. to the Netherlands. Actually, not yet, and we had a uh, a trip planned that we were supposed to do a tour for uh, Shipyard Breweries, which is now canceled oh. thanks to the corona. That sucks. When you when you go there, can you find out uh, what the Netherlands has against the Nigerian community for us? Okay, Rich, sure. Thank you so much. Sure. I appreciate it. Okay. I love your company, man. <laughs> you have a great day. I'm yeah, bye. You guys are the best. Thank you for filling in. Yeah, no problem. Wow. Hold on. Oh, wait, Rich, you still there? Okay. I'm here. All right. Um, okay, cool. So our technical difficulties are uh, no are no more. All right. So so tell me about this show. Tell me about this show you did. Okay. You did the show in a parking lot. Yes, it's called. It, it's it's actually like a drive-in movie. Okay, we did it. They, they did one the day before I was there, so I did the second one that's been done. It's the same concept as a drive-in movie, where you're in the car and you stay in the car, and it comes over the radio in your car, just like the you know like the like the the, the later uh, drive-ins did. So that's what the difference is. I, I People have done them, but they've done them with a sound system set up in a parking lot. This, you stay right in the car and, and, and you hear everything. So it was in Atlantic City, and it was right by the boardwalk. And uh, if you go to Atlantic City now, the thing is, uh, it's kind of barren, to say the least, and you realize how crappy AC looks now because – there's, you know, it just you, you go there. It looks very. It looked like The Walking Dead. Unfortunately, basically the people walking around were all, you know, mentally ill or homeless or whatever. But we did it in the cars in the lot. So what they did is the people bought tickets. Uh, it was a price for each person. They donated some of the funds. We donated to the food bank, and somebody came with a check for the food bank. And basically, we were on the back of a truck. A rent a, a rent truck, a, a U-Haul truck in the back, and they have the sound, and you go up there, and everybody's in the cars. They park in like semicircles around this lot so they can see you, and you can't hear yourself, which is weird. When you're on stage, you can't hear yourself. Oh, that is weird. That's the weird part. It is weird because the sound actually, they did, the first one they did in a pickup truck, so it was great. This, when I was the second one was going to rain, the box truck messed up the sound for some reason. So we we had to hang off the back a little bit and uh, do it from like the um, the ramp of the truck. Hmm. Okay. And then uh, what happened is, um, you know, it went well. It's it's kind of like it's 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 weird because you're up there. It reminded me of Bronco Busted, where you go up there and you just you just go with it as long as you can. I think I was up there for about 15 minutes and the people applaud by beeping the horns and flashing the lights. That's how they, that's their applause. So, you know, or they heckle you, they're beeping. Yeah, it, it, it was, I'm I glad I, I'm glad I experienced it because I have one coming up in Clark, New Jersey, June, June 6th in a parking lot there in Clark, a bigger one, a bigger parking lot. And we're donating the funds to the helping hands, uh, food pantry in Clark and the JB, JB Samaritan fund. So those are two of the funds. And we already have tickets sold. We have like about 20 tickets sold and we only had two weeks to promote that one. Yeah. 
it's it's going to be a short-lived thing, I believe, with the in the cars. I, I, a short-lived uh, lifespan, maybe through the next couple of months. And as things progress, I do a lot of outdoor stuff during the summer myself. I do private parties, backyards. I've done a, I did a barbecue two weeks ago. I had one for last night, but it got canceled because they thought it was going to rain. But I do a lot of outdoor private stuff, and that's going to be the thing this year. I know a few places that already book, they have shows ready to go. They're just waiting for the okay to have the people in the front of the place and the back of the place. So, it's, uh, you know, I'm trying to jump on the bandwagon. I, I just can't Zoom. I'm not a good Zoomer. Well, I, okay, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, how is it doing comedy outside, though? I don't – I've done it outside a lot. So, for me, the only problem – the only difference I had with this one is not being able to hear yourself when you're up there. That was the only – difficulty with it because the sound went out at one point and I didn't know it. People were sticking their heads out the cars and it was a couple of minute thing till they got it back on, but you can't hear yourself. So that's just a weird thing. But outside, I don't mind comedy. I, it's, it's fine for me. Cause I mean, I've heard from, I've never done it. I've heard from other comedians that, you know, the sound just kind of wafts away and that it's harder. I, I, um, it has, you have to have a decent sound system. Plus, I, I don't know. I've done them in tents. That's a little rough because everyone's sweating. But I have a cordless mic. So what I do is I walk through the, you know, I set it up in one area. And I'm very mobile. And I, I like to walk and work on, you know, I'll, I'll walk around, talk to people. So I, I'm good because I'm mobile. But I have my own stuff that I bring. I've learned enough to buy my own Shure mic. I have an, an EV speaker. I set it up in one area and I can, I, I kind of work it out. But it can be All rough. Right, so I've good. done shows. I've done shows outside. I did one outside a bar. It was really nice. Had a bonfire going last year. But people kept walking in through the woods that didn't pay. I don't care. It wasn't my event. But I was laughing and making fun of it. How people were just appearing out of nowhere through these woods and just popping in. And you know, it, it, there's a lot you're working against. We were next to a highway. There were trucks going by mm. as you're doing it. I've done it in Florida outside on a deck by a pool with the ocean with people. It's a, I've done all kinds of this. I, I do this stuff. Weird. I have four companies that hire me for stuff that their guys do or don't want to do. So I've been doing it for 20 years. So I, I, I right. take all the stuff nobody does. Now, so you don't like the Zoom. How come you don't like the Zoom? Does it, I don't like the Zoom. I can't. You know, I just can't concentrate. I can't get it right. I'm not sure. There's people that are good at it. I watch some people, and I'm like, wow, this guy's really good at it. Uh, Vishnu um, Vakar, I think his last name is. I forgot his last name, but he's very good. And, you know, there's, there's just people that, are, that, that, that can pull it off and that seem like, you know, they were meant to do it. I just, I've I, I got to see people. I got to, even in the cars, I, I have people in front of me. And I had people walking up when I was in that lot that were walking up and heckling me and homeless people. So I, I, I need a live. I just need to be around people that I could see. So I mean, even but that's, know, what, that's why because the cars, like if they're in their cars, I guess they're flashing their lights, you know, which is something. But it's yeah, but it's I don't know. I mean, it seems like that's not much. I mean, Zoom, you can at least hear people. 
Yeah, and like Nikki Paris is really good at that. Well, yeah, you can, but I had people the whole time I was up there. There were people because there was a, there was food in a restaurant next door across the way that you could order. So people were walking, ordering, and coming back. So I was interacting with them, and there were people walking up, like you know, street people. One was like, "You got a permit for this?" And, you know, and I'm like goofing on him. I'm like, "Yeah, it's in my pants. You want to see it?" Mm. And he's like, "You know." There's people that live around here, and I'm like, really? You call this living? I mean, come on. And, you know, he's, I go, who are you, the parking lot Gestapo? And, you know, they came and got him away, and then people, you know, walking into their cars and stuff, and you can interact with people. Ambulances coming by. I mean, the birds, there's, there's two birds humping on a car right in front of seagulls going nuts. I mean, it's just... It's like doing comedy during a tornado sometimes, you know, those right. car shows can be... Yeah, what I, I mean, see, it, sounds, it sounds crazy. It can be, you know, but, you know, I had fun. I had fun. I, it was worth it. I mean, I'm going to be doing a bigger spot, a bigger set uh, in June on the 6th. If that one goes well, we're going to do a couple of them there. So it's all fundraisers. Yeah, we're trying to do them as fundraisers so people come out. And I'll tell you what, even in uh, Atlantic City, people would just like, thank you so much for doing this. We just, we, we needed to get out. So there were kids, people brought kids. I had kids sticking their heads out the sunroofs and stuff. I mean, people just want to get out They're They're more afraid of, of murdering their family at this point than dying of the virus. I think. <laughs> you know, they, they had some plans. They have the, the drive-in movies are starting to be big in Jersey. Yes. And yes, they just drive-in have movies. And they just had a place that this uh, Demarest Farms that I love the place and they were booked. They were doing uh, three nights a week. They were talking about doing a four nights a week. All the shows were sold out and the town just told them before they even started, they can't do them. Wait, why not? And they, uh, they won't tell them why the news is involved now. They won't tell them why driving movies should be easy. Not. You would think so. They yeah, they were doing do it. places were doing drive-ins. Yeah, they won't let this place in Jersey do it. And I just saw the guy, and he's going, uh, the guy on the, on TV, and he's going, uh, "This is the only thing that's going to save us. We're, we're, you know, this will help us out because we're, we're dying here with, 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 with the pandemic and not being able to sell stuff. We just opened, so uh, he doesn't know why. So now the news is calling the town, and the uh, the health inspector won't get back to them. The town mayor won't get back to them. So we'll see if they, you know, work that out." So I forgot to ask you my first question, which is what I usually ask people, and that is, how are you holding up? Like, how are you handling all oh. this? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. I'm fine. I um, you know, I shop for I shop. I've been out the whole time during this because I shop for a couple of families that um, one girl has asthma problems and her son is uh, autistic, and she hasn't left her apartment basically in seven eight weeks, and I have some other people who have medical issues. So I'm in the store shopping three days a week for people, you know, medicine, food, oh, wow. stuff like that. So I've been doing that the whole time. And uh, I, I semi-quarantine, we'll call it casually quarantine, with me and my ex got back to quarantine right before this because she has people she had to shop for. So we do it together and we joined our resources and uh, we put all our differences aside for the next couple of months or whatever. And uh, we're doing that. We're, we're semi quarant I would say casually quarantining together. That's she, nice. She has, yeah, she has her place. I have mine. We help each other out. 
I think that's wise. I think it's better to better together. You know, I think that's good. That's a good slogan, better together. And, uh, yeah. you know, if I could get rid of my kid, I'd be happy. I mean, just like <laughs> send him off to like boarding school or something. Cause he's, <laughs> he's killing me. But, uh, How old is the kid? He's 22, but he's like, you know, a 15 year old. Yeah. No, so he's, he's living with you. Uh, uh, he, um, He's rough. He's he's he's. I have a daughter. She moved out. She's good, but I, it's me, and my son here, and then he's just he's killing me. <laughs> he's killing me sure than the virus is. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's always something with him. I don't know. It's, it went please. Uh, if this quarantine could teach people anything, it'll teach you. Okay, now you had a family. Now you have to spend time with them. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's a, so my daughter never wants to have kids, and I think uh, she's 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 smart. That was before this, but this is going to reevaluate everybody's life choices right now during this. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, I, I, I think that's fair. If it doesn't affect you in some way all of this, then you're, you know, you're either dead or you just, there's no hope for you. Cause I mean, everybody's, we, it's true. We are all in this. I don't know about together, but we are all in this, whether you want to be or not. So it's got to affect you. I mean, Oh, of course. Absolutely. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, the other day, like I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going out much and because I don't know, I don't need to. And it's just sort of, it's, it just feels fraught. Like every time I come in, my wife wants me to take off my pants and, you know, and not in the fun way, you know, to uh, sanitize the clothes and all that good stuff. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, so it's a little fraught going outside. So, you know, the other day I was sitting, I was sitting on the couch, I'm on my laptop and I'm grinding my teeth. I'm like, you know, and I realized I was like, I got to get the hell out of this house. Like, I just, I just got to take a damn walk. Um, and I did, and it was good. I went out and I walked for a really long time. But then I did two walks in a row, and like my legs hurt. And I was like, "What is the matter with me? Like I just, I, you know, I haven't been outside in so in so long. Two yeah. days in a row, and I'm, my 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 thighs are aching. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Well, it's what happened because you're you're in you're in the city, right? Yeah. See, it's different in Jersey. You know, there's space, there's room. I mean, in the city, you know, it's like the epicenter, so everyone's got to. You know, I know people that are in the city also that haven't left their apartments barely in six or seven weeks also. I mean, it's tough in Jersey. You can at least – I have a yard, so I could go in the yard, hang right. out. There's no one in the yard. I could, you know, I could walk around. You know, the parks are get kind of packed now I, I, from what I could see. But I have enough around me that I could just walk around. And when I have to go to the stores, I try to go at a reasonable time. So I could get in and get out, and uh, I do get out though. Like in the city, it's got to be a lot different because there's just a, a you know, especially with everything going on now. They didn't need all this other added stuff going on with the world, but uh, it's a lot more tense out there. Here it was like that in the beginning. Everybody was ready to shoot each other or whatever. Everybody was tense, but now it's you could feel it loosened up a bit. People are respecting each other and just minding their own business and staying in their own area, unless you go to like a park or I can't imagine what the Jersey shore looks like this, you know, the next couple of days, what that's going to be. But well, well, how, do you, I, how do you mean, what do you mean? Well, they're, they're, you know, they're going to open the beaches in Jersey, which I believe is, is happening now, but those beaches get so mobbed during the summer. So I don't know how they're going to 
do it now with how many people they let on. They have certain rules. You can stand, you can't sit, you can't bring a blanket, you can fish, but you can't bring a chair, you can surf, but you can't swim. I mean, I don't know what happens if you fall off the surfboard, but there's so many different, it's like Simon says, you don't know what they're going to have to come out and, you know, do this, don't do that, no umbrella, but you can have a blanket, you can walk, but you can't sit, you can exercise, but it's, it's so... And, you know, it's and I can see them letting people in, like here in the stores at Walmart, there's people lined up like they're giving stuff away for free. And then they'll let, you know, there'll be 100 people in line. And then, you know, they'll move in when people move out. I don't know if they're going to do that on the beaches. Is there a certain amount of people allowed on? And what happens if you have to go to the bathroom? Are they open? Plus, if you leave the beach to do something, do you can you come back on and you know, they're, they're selective on who they're letting buy badges, I believe, the, you know, because people rent houses for the summer down there. So are they allowed to use the beaches? Is anyone renting the houses anymore? Mm, that's it's a good point. A, a big cluster, you know, people just, you know, and no one up down there wants us from up here going down there anyway. They're, you know, and, and that's the economy they need, people coming to spend money. But they're all like, you know, stay up there. We don't want you. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just can't see how it's going to happen. Because, you know, the beach, the, 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 the boardwalk, everything, on a normal day, you're, you're all up on each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's super crowded. So I, I don't see – I mean, that's that, that was weird to me because, I mean, the, I get that you want to open them. I understand people want to go. But, but the thing is, like, you can't do it the way it's supposed to be done. And how are you going to balance it? you know, in another way. Like I just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I, 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 and I couldn't go, if I went to the beach and I saw people wearing masks and gloves on the beach, I, I may lose it. I don't know. Is that like, that just looks, that's only going to add to the pollution of the ocean. People are just, you know, you know how people are. And you can count on people. I worked in 911 for years and you can always count on people to do things. Like we always say, if it wasn't for stupidity, we wouldn't have a job, but you know, people are throwing their stuff around and it just, you know, it doesn't seem like a fun idea to go. How was that so working nine one one? I mean, uh, what, what, I mean, you must've heard some crazy stuff. I did that for 26 years and I oh, just wow. retired a year ago in, in two days, I'll be out a year from there. So I'd spent 26 years doing there well, doing comedy for 20 years. And it was brutal. Cause I still, I was a single parent with two kids and uh, I was, you know, working full time, a lot of overtime to pay the bills and doing comedy for, it was rough, you know. It's, yeah, that sounds, a lot that of sounds stress. difficult. And a lot of stress calls. And I, I grew up in the area that I worked at. So I had some phone calls from, you know, people that I knew. And, you know, I was the phone call for some of the people that I knew that died. And I had my own family call me, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm glad it's over. Yeah, that sounds wow. That sounds like a very very stressful job. I, I as you're saying it, I was thinking, gee, could I do that? And I was like, I don't know. That sounds real. That, that uh, you know, that sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. Uh you know what's weird too? I'm not a tech guy at all. I was the last guy to get rid of the beeper and the flip phone. I was there before there was nine one one. So as each piece of equipment came in, I was there for that, and I learned that way. Otherwise, I would have never. Believe me, I, if I walked in there, it looked like the Starship Enterprise by the time I left. <laughs> when, when I started, we had a reel-to-reel giant, you know, like you would have wow. saw on War Games. You know that movie War Games? Yeah, of course. Classic Love that Bottoms? movie. 
that's what they look, you know, when I started, that's what they had. They had like a reel to reel that you had to use a magnet to erase it when a certain, you know, they, they put them after you used them, you had to put them in a vault or something, not a vault. We supposed to be a vault. We had a cabinet. You had to wait a certain amount of time and erase them and reuse them. That's how old the technology was. The last time, you know, I was there, they had touch screen stuff. I was like, Oh my, you know, that's right. When I left, they had all you know, the, 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 the technical stuff that was, you know, state of the art. I had just learned everything slowly as each piece went in. And I'm like, this place changed so much. Yeah, I'll bet. I mean, a magnet to erase the tapes. That's pretty that, That's pretty nuts. That's pretty nuts. And it's funny because if something went wrong or you did something wrong or something, you would grab that tape before they came back and erase it and then put it back on. Before, you know, if you had to argue with somebody on the phone. But nowadays they have one that's, you know, it's it's all recorded. They have a, a black box up in the office. So, you know, and everything's recorded now. They have like one or two lines that were recorded. Yet now everything is cameras, video, you know, recording messages. Everything is on film or on tape. Hmm. So. Do you ever, you ever get a call and be like, seriously, why are you calling 911? I've had people call me when it snows that, uh, you know, is the school open? Uh, somebody didn't get the hamburgers at McDonald's they wanted. I've had people call me, is it okay if I barbecue in my kitchen? You know, <laughs> I go, that's not a good idea. I said, well, it's charcoal. I said, no, no, no. You'll, once you like that, you will realize it. You're not, and, you, know, you try to get their address right away because, you know, this way you can start somebody over there. Cause they're gonna, you never know how it's going to wind up. So I go, oh, where do you live anyway? And then they tell me, and I go, hey, you might want to go start somebody over to this address. There's somebody trying to barbecue. There's always two people in the room. So you're like, you know, listen, and they, they send somebody over there. Yeah, somebody who had a, a relative pass away in their house, and I guess the coroner wasn't getting there quick enough, so they're trying to drag them to the curb. So I mean, just To the curb? They wanted them out of the house. And, oh. You know, you're dealing with oh. people with a lot of mental problems. We had people that would call the same people all the time. You know, it's my back. It's your back. Yesterday was your leg. Well, now it's the back of my leg. And, you know, we call them frequent flyers. And there are people that would call every day. A couple of them had to be prosecuted because they well, would what's, just what's call. What's the crime? I mean, not that I don't think it's a uh, crime, but what's the, what's the charge? The charge was abuse of nine one one. I think it was, or whatever. Okay. And they would, you know, they would write him a ticket, or you know, it's usually people with mental problems. So they would, you know, I don't know how they. I think one might have got a couple weekends in jail, but it was like fifty six times in a week. Or Jesus, they would get out and they go to the hospital, and then they get out and they go to uh, they want to go to another hospital. So you know, they tie up the ambulance cores and stuff. So. I mean, I've, I've heard so much stuff. People would start showing up at the building I worked at. You know, the, you're inside the, the place, and there's people at the door, and you hear the buzzer. And, you know, they decide instead of waiting for the ambulance, they'll just come down there and, and call it from there. So what are, let, let yeah. me ask you, what are, what are some tips for performing outside? Tips for performing outside? Uh, low self-esteem. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you, you know what? It's something to experience because you, you want to definitely have the experience. But 
you just got to remember it's a whole different ball game and it's good to have different speeds. So like if I'm throwing material, I'll start with some crowd work and if the material isn't flying well or something, I'll go back to crowd work. But you know, it's, 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 everyone's different. Like you said, sometimes the sound doesn't work as well. So you got to, you know, you got to take it for what it is. Remember, you're not in a, in a, in a club scene. So pretty much anything goes and, you know, a standing ovation is people watching, <laughs> you know? just not, not, not doing anything. Cause you know, anything can happen outside. Uh, you know, I've had to where a giant wasp is flying around and people are running, you know, it just, you'd be surprised I, little kids. It's every year during the summer, there's certain gigs that come up every year that you're like, all right, this one's, some of them are better outdoors ones. They do one in Lindsay, New Jersey comedy under the stars. It is amazing. They have great acts. They do it, and it's wonderful. I look forward to it every year. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm in Middletown, Pennsylvania, in a barbecue. It's, put it this way. The last show I did before the pandemic was a 12-year-old, a kid turning 12. He was 11. He's going to be 12, his birthday party. Mm. I had to do an hour at the kid's birthday party. Wow. It wound up, when I got there, I found out the kids didn't even know I was coming. It was like 11 kids. They were Indian kids who were very rich. Like, I get to the house, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like, like, oh, my, look how rich this area. It was a beautiful area. I go in the house. is a The people were awesome. The mo- mother and father were a young Indian couple, and I thought the guy was Italian with his last name, and when he's talking to me on the phone, I'm like, I get there, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, and the people were awesome. And I'm like, oh, no, these kids are way going to be way smarter than me. And they came in, <laughs> and these kids were all look like future die, all brilliant kids, very, you know. And they, like, looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? You know, they had no idea. And I, I, there was only, like, uh, six parents in the other kitchen and, like, a, you know, a few kids. So I went up and just, you know, played to the kids. The parents were laughing, you know, just – I did, I think uh, – 58 minutes and they you know and then they wanted to go in the other go have cake so i was like boom i needed the money i owed my rent i remember i was a day late on my rent i told my landlord i'd be back the next day and i went and used that money for my rent so i had to do it wow now now you said you said you did 58 minutes do you really remember that specifically oh i had the timer on my phone because i had to do an hour and i know the company i work for so it was one of the companies i was working for so i had the timer going and they, you know, they're like, all right, all right we're going to have cake now. And I hit the thing and I went, that felt like a fuck, like forever. And I go, holy shit, 58 minutes. I'm like, you almost pulled off the whole hour. <laughs> I mean, I was that's, begging. The kids that's an hour. That may as well be an hour, 58 minutes. You I know, may as well. In that situation. I even told the kids, I said, I want you to come up and tell a story about when you met him, how the, a funny story with your friend. They wanted nothing to do with it. I said, I'll give you all the money in my pocket right now for the best story. They knew I had about eight dollars. Looking at me, those kids are all rich. So. It's, but I, you know, we put, we said we. I, I start, I got them going. We were goofing, and then you know, it was. I could. The father's like, "Listen, do you want to hang out?" He goes, "Come, you want to come downstairs and, and do a show for the for the six of us?" I go, "I'm done, dude. I'm done today." <laughs> you know, That's funny. I'm done. He goes, I'll, "I'll have you come back and do my barbecue." And they had such a beautiful outdoor. The indoor, the whole place was beautiful, immaculate. The outdoor looked like a just waiting to happen. Bar outside and everything. Bar inside. I said, "Hire me. I'll come during the summer. I'll do your outdoor party." But uh, 
I had enough for the one day. Right. It's a, a, you did an hour. You want to do another hour? It's like, really? I, I was ready to. T- I didn't want to drive into traffic on the way home, but I just so needed that money. I I went the next day to my landlord. It was the only time I was laid on the wrench. He goes, "You didn't have to come this quick." I said, "If you knew what I did for this money, you wouldn't believe it." <laughs> I feel dirty. Oh, it was. All right, Rich. But I'm looking forward been- to. Uh, no, no, finish what you were say. I, I, we got to wrap up. I was saying I'm go looking ahead. forward to the June to the June sixth show. So anyone by Clark, New Jersey, it's acjokes dot com for the tickets, and it is a fundraiser. Oh, cool! What's the fundraiser for? And it's for the Helping Hands, uh, Helping Hands Food Pantry, and also JB. Samaritan Fund, two good funds, and we're donating. And we're also taking non-perishable goods there for for them also there. So, nice. you know, we're looking – we have tickets sold already, so we're going to raise some money, some good money for them and uh, have, hopefully have some fun in the, in the process. Okay, that's great. Uh, where can they find you on the social media? Uh, Dick Carr 64 is the uh, Insta. Rich Carucci on Facebook. RichCaruccicomedy.com is my website. Check it out. Uh, I got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, TV show we're in the process of doing. Podcast, so come check me out. I got a lot of stuff. All right, Rich, thank you so much for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brent. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone, we'll be back on Monday at 11 a.m. Please stay safe. Thank you, Brent.